3: are you the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot why don't you try a parlay over at my bookie for instance if you like a couple of big favorites to win this week parlays are a perfect way to roll them up together it's just very very simple adds those multiple games together and obviously if they all win it leads to a much bigger payout as we've mentioned here on the show previously if you're going to bet this season there's only one place to do it that is mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win with pro football college football and the mlb playoffs in full swing in both hockey and Baseball just around the corner. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines, get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. As a loyal RotoViz listener, all you have to do is head on over to mybookie.ag, open up an account. When you place that deposit up until $1,000, they will double that first deposit. All you have to do is use that promo code RotoViz to activate the offer. That promo code, once again, is RotoViz. Visit MyBookie online. Bet. Win. Get. Paid. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rodaviz Overtime on Rodaviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel, one of the best minds in the fantasy football industry. Sean, week tr- week four actually in the books. I keep getting mixed up in the weeks as we move forward here. But it was a strange week. It was a really kind of low-scoring week, and most contests. And then some players who really had monster games and really uh, elevated your scores. If you had them on your team, they almost would win you the week single-handedly guys like chubb over the browns with a monster game uh, i had him in a couple of my dfs lineups and to, to see him scamper away on that long touchdown was something that uh, i took a lot of joy from somebody who i didn't think was going to have a monster game this week and i can had a, a couple of thoughts on him last week, uh, saying uh, just what I thought of him. That was Leonard Fournette, and he kind of proved me wrong this week. Uh, I would expect this to be more of an outlier, but a, a big, big game for him uh, and the Jaguars against the Broncos. So, Sean, week uh, four was certainly an interesting one, and uh, some tough losses in week four, but some exciting wins as well. How did your teams fare out? Did they did they manage to scrape over the line with a couple of I know I know Nick Chubb, somebody who you
1: like yeah this was this was an interesting week because like you said as long as you weren't playing against either Chubb or Fournette then you probably came out ahead uh, if you had anything going for you there I Fournette is a guy I mentioned on the show last week that I had picked him up as the second guy in a trade and you know I, I should mention here that it's actually John Solis who Uh, If you've been listening, certainly, you know, you should go give them a listen. The Solis Report with John and Devin McIntyre, a really cool new show. And if you're really not exactly in the mood for fantasy football, but you want a little bit of sports with a lot of great other content, then you know when you're going to our shows you should go to that one it's, it's absolutely fantastic but john actually put me onto a few of the things with Fournette in, ter- in terms of you know just how high his receiving numbers had been uh, early or in his career uh because of just how bad he was as a straight line rusher, you know, you kind of get in this mindset that okay, he's he's like a Derrick Henry, right? Where if there's this 15 yard runway, then he ends up with these games where he gets 200 yards. Otherwise, he's not that involved. When really, the thing that you want about him is that he is involved in the receiving game, but then also he does have this potential for these monster games. The other thing John was talking with me about is the fact that despite the look he actually has one of the higher top speeds in terms of the next gen stats and how they track that so if he gets a chance to get going he can really break out for some big plays and you know certainly we saw that here one of the things, again, that I, I definitely recommend when you have injuries, when you have things go against you during the fantasy season, try to turn those to your advantage. When you're trying to fill one hole and you need to do these two for two trades or two for three trades, because one for one, is it's just very difficult to find the exact value that's going to make a one for one trade work. But the thing that you can do if you're going to have to pay anyway, right? So if you're missing a quarterback and you're in a league where all the quarterbacks are owned. Certainly if you have a running back go down, you know, you're trying to fill the hole of Barkley and you don't have Gallman, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit here. If you don't have that and you're going to have to pay anyway, make sure you get one of those guys that interests you a little bit as the secondary piece. You can actually turn these trades to your advantage. So it was cool to see him. I had been putting in some uh, offers for Chubb uh, the previous week trying to use uh, dalvin cook to get chubb plus a little bit extra you know trying to turn those monster cook games and the fact that cook is obviously the only guy they want they want to do anything with in that offense and uh and make that move to chubb plus a little bit extra that's going to be more difficult now uh, we had some really cool articles on the site matt jones who a lot of people know from both reading about dfs and from all the great work he does on the channel here you know, with rotoviz radio you know he talked about how chubb was a top five pick this season and in the early going that's proving definitely to be the case
3: yeah chubb uh, he's, he's really an exciting talent and obviously um, we might talk about it a little bit later in the show but uh, obviously some disappointing games from a receiving perspective and this for odell beck and then landry having a, a big day so it's, it's interesting to see how this browns team who has kind of as an nfl quantity has uh, really Uh, underperformed so far but fantasy wise there has been some goodness there and we'll see that they may have an easier schedule coming up here in the next uh, couple of weeks now on today's show as Sean has kind of hinted at we have a a lot of different good topics that I'm excited to talk about we're going to talk a little bit about those uh, Titans wide receivers who had big games this week we're going to talk a little bit about the the Texans wide receivers and much much more as we look through a lot of different uh, pieces and articles up on the site so looking forward to doing that in just a moment before we do that as always I want to let you know about Rotoviz Patreon we are up and running the second season is in full flow and we're really enjoying interacting with all the great listeners. Their ships start from just $6 a month. We now offer exclusive access to the Road of His Radio Slack through that where you can get your questions answered and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing teams. So that's fun all week long really but every Sunday it really goes into hyperdrive. Become a Road of His Radio Patreon today and join an exclusive community of listeners. Access the premium content and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high quality industry leading programming. That is patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio. As always, you also get that 10% discount to a rotoviz NFL pass, which is available right now through the podcast homepage. That is com forward slash podcast. Keep your season in full swing. Maybe you've started off a little bit tougher. Maybe you're one and three, maybe you're two and two. You want to make sure you get those lineups right for the rest of the weeks moving forward. Make sure you're using those Rotoviz tools, getting that content Uh, and get amazing value as well with that 10% discount. Once again, that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. So, Sean, looking into this, it's uh, the recent piece you had uh, up on the site after week four. It was the revenge of the scrubs. So we have some guys in here. I don't know if we could call AJ Brown a scrub uh, quite yet, obviously the rookie wide receiver, but a a big, big week for him and his development. And uh, uh, Mario actually having one of his best games in quite some time, three first half touchdowns. And somebody I've talked about kind of, I was a big Mariota believer uh, in his early time in the NFL. I've lost a lot of faith in him. He's pretty much in all my Superflex rosters still. Uh, so hoping that, that we could see a turnaround. But it's a team who likes to run the ball, but they really uh, did have a lot of success in the passing game uh, early in this one uh, th- this past week. But uh, another player in it, obviously, the, the other wide receiver, the the former uh, first-round pick for them, Corey Davis. Um, so either of those two guys, Obviously, Brown having the bigger game this week, but there was life shown in Corey Davis. Uh, What did you make of of their performances? And and moving forward, say, rest of season, is there one that you would be trying to target over the other?
1: Yeah, this is just such a bizarre passing attack that it's very difficult to play for fantasy. And I think it's going to continue to be difficult to play in 2019. I think the hope that you have as an owner of either either one of these players is that this game uh, gives you a little bit of a sign of what they might do in the future now there is this possibility that this extends for multiple years that the coaches will stay in place because their defense is playing pretty well and you know they've managed to win despite Mariota's struggles but you mentioned Mariota and it's just so difficult to figure out what he's doing and what they should do with him he only ranks number 23 so far in expected points through the air right And a week ago, he's like this borderline bench candidate for the team. But now after this strong game against Atlanta, and we do have to point out that it's Atlanta, and and right now there may not be – worst team in football well non non-miami dolphins division there may not be a worst team in football which is is sad when you consider some of the the offensive weapons they have at their disposal but he has that big game and now only five quarterbacks have outperformed him so far this season in fantasy points over expectation which pulls him back into that fantasy discussion and it really is because these two guys now they also had delaney walker didn't have a huge game in in week four which thankfully allowed the wide receivers to score a few points you mentioned aj brown he's someone we were incredibly high on if you go to the box score scout on the site you can see that his market share numbers and his overall profile coming out very similar to guys like juju smith schuster and mike evans so for me especially after we've seen these couple of early games The only real question is if there will be volume in this passing attack. Now, you mentioned the article. Each week I go through and like to just profile these guys who have had explosive games, who have had uh, very high numbers and fantasy points over expectation. Talk about, you know, if that's going to lead to more volume, you know, if obviously it's just a fluke and and we should ignore it. Brown had 19.1 points over expectation and led the week with that and if you go back to his three previous weeks you know he had the big game in week one but then he was well below expectation in weeks two and three despite not even having much volume so that kind of gives you the issue there with him in this game he only gets three targets but he had 95 yards and two scores he's averaging an insane 11.8 yards after the catch which you know obviously he's not going to be able to keep up but he's this big fast productive player who down the line you really do think that he will be a superstar uh, even with some of the other rookies who have gotten off to crazy starts this season Uh, he to me is the guy who could be the just monster superstar from this class but you go back to the volume situation the quarterback situation the team philosophy and it doesn't leave you a lot of confidence for this season right so he ranks number 18 in fantasy points over expectation in large part because of this monster week four but even then he's only number 86 in expected points right so he would have to continue to outperform by a wide margin to deliver you value or they have to change what they're doing a little bit and the good news is that rookie wide receivers when they play like this they do become more involved and become a focal point of the offense i think it's almost a frustrating development that Corey davis also had this week to break out right because now you're looking at a situation where the volume of which there isn't a lot uh, continues to look like it will be split because you also have to have walker into the equation davis has already been dealing with this i mean this is a terrible situation for him right he was an intriguing volume play through week 10 a season ago you go into the site you look at the nfl stat explorer you can see those green bars Uh, through the first 10 weeks last year where he was consistently in that wide receiver one range in terms of volume in terms of expected points but he's only averaged eight expected points since then right so he's really not someone you can even play in fantasy football Uh, has the breakout this week hopefully that will lead them to pass more rely less on henry's inefficient running but you know, it's, it's a difficult play in this offense. You go, you pull up the team splits app, which does similar things to the game splits app, but looks, lets you look at it on a team level. And you see some really cool stuff in here, which is that over the last 20 games, they have 13 games where they've got uh, Corey Davis at least five targets. Now, five targets for your wide receiver one, for a guy who was a top five pick in the NFL draft, I mean, that's that's not a super high threshold, right? That's, that's half of what you would want to do for a Julio Jones or, or someone like that. But just that low level, in those games, they average more than four and a half points positive margin. They're hammering their opponents. When they don't get in those targets, they lose games by more than three and a half points. Now, the thing I pointed out in the article and I think that you'd have to take into consideration here is that this may be mostly filtering out good and bad teams when you're talking about teams that are allowing Corey Davis and Marcus Mariota to hook up maybe those are just the bad teams right <laughs> because these guys have certainly not been able to go out there and really enforce their will on the opposing team they're, they're really taking what the defense gives them so perhaps this is just a good bad team situation but when you're the Titans you know We know there are so many different pieces of evidence, so many different ways to look at football and see that passing efficiency is the key to winning. First half, passing efficiency, passing volume, success rate, those are the things that allow you to win football games. The Titans really need to get out there and get these. uh, I think they both could be star wide receivers, certainly solid wide receivers involved in the passing game to make their team work.
3: Yeah and I think when you look at it as well like it's just an unusual team I used to think that all his Marcus Mariota needed was for uh, Mike Malarkey to to be moved on as head coach and then when that did happen obviously um it, it still has kind of stayed at the same level or possibly stagnated and you know the, the Titans need to see what they have uh, with Mariota you know as a, an NFL quarterback you know came out uh, in 2015 signed obviously a four year rookie contract has obviously the club option as well so that the, the the fifth year uh Fifth year extra on the contract. So, in in this particular case, like it's really coming up to decision time for them. But you mentioned, you know, the the actual uh, opportunities for the wide receivers and like Delaney Walker, somebody who I've always been a a massive fan of since he he left the Forty Nine ers, went to the Titans, and looking at you know what he's done over the first couple of weeks of the season, has been a really mixed uh, message. it's the same as this here and it's hard to know from week to week. The only player who's kind of truly been consistent in this team is Derrick Henry, who had another hundred yard game, even though it was on twenty seven carries, but. Henry, um, I read today, is the, the eighth overall running back in PPR, and I think he's only caught maybe less than 10 passes on the season. So, you know, we're seeing we're seeing him kind of break the mold for what we would have talked about in the, the early season for uh, players not having enough receptions and what the work that he's getting, he's he's managing to maintain that. But if you look then at the, the work that the passing attack is getting, Mariota through those first four weeks, his completions are 14, 19, 23, and 18 he has seven touchdowns on the season but he had three two three touchdown games one on 14 completions and one on 18 completions and we know that that's just not sustainable uh, in the longer term so I think they're going to have to up the up the passing game Uh, it, it really is one of the lower passing attempts per team per game in the NFL so let's see let's see what happens going forward the other thing with Mariota he's lost a fumble in each of his last three games so obviously that's not going to not going to help the team go forward either but uh, I'm interested in both wide receivers but it's going to be one of those cases where it's going to be very hard to trust them with confidence each week and Mariota or not Mariota sorry Walker is somebody who I own on a lot of my rosters and uh, at the moment it's quite hard to, to trust him either we looked then at another player uh, obviously Mike Evans the title of last week's show was hello Mr. Evans and uh, that was for Evans coming back with that monster game the, the script was flipped this week and it wasn't that much of a surprise but Chris Godwin jumped in with a, a monster performance he, he entered the week with that you know hip injury those questions whether he would be able to uh, play this week and suit up well he certainly suited up and had a, a monster game uh, in that very high scoring game against the the rams where uh, you know or Jared Goff was just throwing the ball all day long and mainly throwing it to his own players but <laughs> I think five turnovers for Goff in that one so uh, an interesting game all around uh, but the big the big winner here obviously the two wide receivers and um, for for the Bucs and we'll talk a little bit about the Bucs later in the show but Chris Godwin uh, back, back where he has been for those first uh, weeks of the season and a really dominant performance Sean.
1: He was. And I think the interesting thing here, folks who've listened to the show sort of through last season, we talked about Godwin a lot because he went through this bizarre stretch where Jameis Winston seemed to throw the ball to him on every play, but never anywhere close never catchable. <laughs> right. So, you know, a five yard pass would be 10 yards over his head out of bounds. A 20 yard pass would be another 30 yards down the field. And so he was theoretically the guy being targeted but you just would have, I mean I've never seen a receiver go through multiple games with double digit targets almost all of them complete garbage targets and certainly not garbage targets like at the very end of the game just all the way through Chris Godwin the guy being targeted but the pass is not even in his vicinity so he went through the stretch and fantasy football owners definitely will remember with chagrin because he managed to accumulate negative 23 fantasy points over expectation for week 14 to week 16 last year there were only two players Curtis Samuel and David Moore who were even within 10 points of that number right so this weird stretch occurred during the fantasy playoffs everything so far has been different and certainly some people will attribute a little bit of this to Bruce Arians uh, some very positive results there in Arizona at times but Godwin clearly breaking out right and we talked about the uncatchable targets last year That makes it even more of a contrast to what has happened so far you go into the stat explorer you look at his past location grid and you can see that he's caught 14 of his 15 targets at depths between 10 and 20 yards right so then you go through and you think well you know is that normal or not now obviously you know that 14 out of 15 is not normal, but when you go through, you find that this area is a difficult area for teams to complete the ball. All right, teams tend to have these underneath passes trying to have the high success rate, you know, switch out some of your running back carries with uh, passes that have a little bit higher expected value, and then they attack deep, try and get beyond the defense. You have your guys like Tyree Kill or Nicole Hardman or DJ Chark, certainly Deshaun Jackson, and you get some of those big plays. This sort of deep intermediate area is a very difficult one to complete passes. But Winston and Godwin, and again, I think Arians deserves some credit here for the scheme and how he's always done this. They're getting rich in this intermediate area. It's probably not sustainable, but Winston to Godwin has been fantastic so far
3: yeah and Winston's somebody who you know talk about talk about Mariota earlier Winston's somebody who <laughs> came out in the same draft and I was always more on the Mariota train and Winston has always had his issues with turnovers but th- this past week and so far this season I have to say it's been pretty pretty okay so far but the key for us here is uh, sustaining fantasy players and he's obviously done that uh, with his two wide receivers thus far two players who uh, haven't had much to really have joy about so far this season who had much bigger days this past week and that's uh, Jarvis Landry um, off the Browns obviously I t- said earlier about Odell Beckham not getting a huge workload well with we eight receptions 167 yards for Landry uh, his biggest game uh, off the season by quite quite some distance uh, then we had Devante Parker this past week four for 70 and a touchdown on that and probably could have had a little bit more as well um, from, from watching that game back even though it was a tough game to watch back after it had had all wrapped up. But uh, I know I know we've talked about Landry quite a bit on the show, so maybe we, we might skip over him. But in terms of Parker, do you think that he can be fantasy relevant the rest of the season? I know Albert Wilson's about to, to come back into the frame in Miami as well, so he might get some wide receiver looks. But what's your thoughts on Parker? Can he actually deliver on, on the hype from three seasons ago?
1: I doubt it, although any time that your team is going to trail by this much, anytime your team is going to trail the entire season, right. And it's going to need to pass and you don't have a lot else. Then (laughs) there are opportunities there. The thing we're looking at here is that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, they easily lead quarterbacks when you combine them in terms of passing fantasy points over expectation in the negative, they've accumulated the most of that. And Parker, regardless of who is quarterback has been absolutely terrible with his efficiency. You go in and you look at his FPOE charts and and they just don't make any sense you just simply do not see receivers with these types of negative numbers stick in the NFL and the only reason Parker has is because the Dolphins haven't been able to do anything else they've failed so completely in building their team that they have to keep running him out there but you go and you look at 2017 2018 early in 2019 and it's just negative 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 and negative by huge margins so Even when the volume is there, he's the guy who can still make nothing out of it. He's probably just simply not an NFL player. But certainly, if you're desperate and you have a guy who's going to see this kind of volume, then... You plug him into your lineup and hope that he catches some of these passes certainly the the first round draft pedigree that kind of thing uh you know he's capable of the highlight catch but otherwise it, he's very similar to a josh Jackson, at laquan treadwell those kinds of guys who are basically done but because the dolphins don't have anything they have to keep running him out there
3: Before we move on to the next section of the show, I want to mention about ShipStation and ShipStation is absolutely fantastic. You know, if you're sending any parcels, sending any orders, especially if you're a business and so many options to choose from. So how do you know where to make the best choice? It's quite simple. All you need to do is go to ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders shipstation helps you get your orders out quickly save money on those shipping costs and keep your customers happy at the end of the day that's the key if you can be happy the customer can be happy you're ready to roll and all things will be good it's really easy to manage from any device even your cell phone they even offer big discounts on shipping costs another key as to why i love using shipstation so you'll always know that you're getting the best deal the good news is right now as a listener to a Rodovas podcast on the blue wire network you can try shipstation free for 60 days when use the offer code blue there's absolutely no risk you don't even have to put in your credit card to get the 60 day free trial make sure you do jump aboard and try that one out just visit shipstation.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in the code blue at shipstation.com the code once again is blue shipstation.com make ship happen i also want to let you know about indochino indochino was founded with the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune to have a custom wardrobe there's nothing better than you know you're going to a function and you you get dressed up you get that nice fit and suit and it it really has that comfort gives you confidence to to walk around when you're talking to people and and have a really good time i I really enjoy getting dressed up from time to time and when i do that indochino is the best place to go they are the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand they make suits shirts coats and more and they'll always have it with your exact measurements for a great fit. And as I mentioned, I'm a weird shape. Six foot six, my arms are uh, very long. My back is very long, but I'm also very thin. So it makes it uh, very hard. Those double XLs can be quite baggy on me. So getting those direct uh, measurements makes it the worthwhile process is simple. Choose a fabric, pick your customization and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door within two weeks. You can start to upgrade your style now with $30 off your total purchase of 3 dollars or more at Indochino.com when entering blue wire at checkout plus shipping is free that's indochino.com the promo code again is blue wire you really have no excuse not to get on board once again indochino.com so as we move on sean into the next section here into the third quarter, and we're going to look here at some of the the interesting plays that we could be getting in the by low report as we move forward. A piece up on the site by Jack Miller I mentioned earlier in the show. We head on the Titans already. We're going to head on the, the Texans a little bit now uh, in terms of their wide receivers. And DeAndre Hopkins has uh, obviously you know done what DeAndre Hopkins does, but he has had a couple of games here where it's been on the downside, and then he, he threw an interception even this past week. So things not working out for him. And you know, coaching wise, we talked about. Uh, what the Titans could do better there's a lot of things that this uh, Texan team could do better and you know I'm not a big Bill O'Brien fan Uh, I think that's the, the nicest way to put it but Will Fuller is getting those targets he's getting air yards but he's not really getting production at the moment and probably the the least production we've seen at any time in his career when he's been on the field and you know you might think that he's only in for limited snaps he's pretty much in for you know, over ninety percent of the snaps every game so far this season. So, looking at the the two Texans wide receivers, we all know that Hopkins is somebody that you have to put in every week, no matter what. But what's your thoughts on on Fuller? Can can we, you know, can we add him into the the lineup with confidence now? Kenny Stills might be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, what what's your thoughts on Fuller? He's somebody who I think is just ready to uh, ready to to take off if they can get things linking up here. Okay.
1: Yeah. So last week we talked on the side about Landry being ready. To explode, you had to have some guts to make trades to get him, certainly to put him in your lineups. But Fuller is in a similar situation. Uh, this, this article is one of my absolute favorites, and it tends to be a reader favorite, one of our most read articles on the site. And Jack Miller, I think uh, he's a young guy who's doing fantastic work. I think he's uh, one of our next breakout writers. And his work on, on this article has been fantastic. He uses, the, he uses the Strength of Schedule streaming app to help you find chunks of good schedule right and especially when that contrasts with previously bad schedules. so one of the things that he notes here is that the Texans have had the fourth hardest schedule for wide receivers so far but over the next month they have the 10th easiest you go in then and you see that Fuller is at 3.1 points below expectation despite having a very favorable profile in terms of where he's going to get his targets and the value that his targets could get if they can just connect Uh, He mentions that there was a very close to a 75-yard touchdown this Sunday, which certainly would have helped me out on on my Fuller teams. A couple weeks ago, a very similar situation where Fuller was behind the defense would have been a long, long touchdown, and Watson underthrew him. So Watson not quite doing what we had expected he would do. He doesn't look like the Michael Jordan of football as he was billed a couple years ago and then immediately came out and looked like that right he hasn't been that guy yet but a little bit of that is going to be schedule related and now the schedule opens up so i really like these two guys i still have high hopes certainly you would hope the play calling has to improve it can't get any worse the texans really look like they're going out there and trying to lose the games and even if bill o'brien isn't one of the best coaches in the nfl i think this is a little bit fluky i think that he'll get his act together i think the texans will start to look like a team that is competing to win their division as opposed to competing for the number one overall pick the things that they're doing i mean they look like a tanking team right and that's certainly not where they are in their development these two guys are going to start to score some serious points
3: yeah and you, you mentioned you know we talked earlier as well about the, the the titans and like you know that's up in week five here for the texans they get an opportunity against that defense to give up uh those those touchdowns to to the wide receivers of the, the titans so we'll see what happens there then they get casey and and then oakland and uh something that i like when you look through you know on the site to see the, the strength of schedule looking through we have indy dallas green bay minnesota and then oakland and New England they continue to get a soft schedule here but that that's the top teams in terms of moving forward. Atlanta's also in there, Houston's also in there. We could see those guys start to spike up in terms of some production. Uh when we look at it as well, you know, Minnesota's an interesting one because they've always had huge issues with uh, the quarterback position so far and how things are going there. But if they can click into gear here, we could see uh, an upturn over the next couple of weeks for people playing in, you know, DFS and things like that. Maybe that Vikings passing attack could come in as a surprise uh, one of these weeks and and actually click it together with some of the positive matchups that are coming up here over the next couple of weeks the next player up and there's two here sean i'm going to let you take your take your pick at it at the wide receiver position we have odell beck and we have robbie anderson Um, obviously anderson is a situation where his quarterback hasn't been able to play and he may not be back this week but should be back then moving forward it's really been a case where the Jets, you really can't play, can't really play any of them out of a bell at the moment. Uh, but uh, even with him, it can be tough getting his 25 touches a week and still having a tough time putting up points. But what's your thoughts? And I'll let you pick one of them. Is there anyone that you want to head on your thoughts as we move forward over the next
1: three or four weeks? Well, it's got to be Beckham, right? The Browns finally showed that their offense probably is going to work. Now that, you know, that can always be one of those one-week flukes to pull you in before they go back to what they were doing. But Mayfield has been too good early in his career, even with the early streak- season struggles this season, to not think he's going to at least be a solid player, if not a star. Obviously, we know what we're getting with Odell Beckham. Jack points out that he is 12th among receivers in expected points to this Uh, part of the season Uh, their schedule again very you know not not disastrous but below average to open the season now they get to play the 49ers the Seahawks those are looking like good matchups at this point so you know you want to get in there if anybody's willing to sell and I I certainly have some Beckham teams where you're just forced to try and make some adjustments and one of the things that you might want to do is if you can sell Beckham for a couple of players because you're so many points behind now, you know you almost have to go away from Beckham, try and get a couple of lower tier guys so that your overall lineup is more powerful, has more outs in it, has more opportunity during the bye weeks. So you're forced into some of these trades. And if you have guys in your league who are forced into the trades, Beckham is definitely a guy to go out and get. And the person might be willing to make that trade, even if they expect Beckham to do better, just because of what their situation is. Uh, On Anderson, Jack has a great argument in there for that. Urge you to go to the site and see that for yourself.
3: moving in now sean here we're going to talk about ryan collinsworth piece uh, on the rb market share report and ryan jumped on last week for last week's edition of the uh, the road of His flagship podcast with matt freeman i thought he'd done a terrific job i really enjoyed listening to that if you haven't jumped back and listen to that one obviously the guys uh, have another show out this week do check that out dave Cabin back at the helm for that one but Ryan's been doing terrific work on the site we talked a lot in the offseason about his work on the running back position and uh, he continues to do it with the market share report so he's looking at the the risers in terms of cumulative opportunities so combining uh, passing and rushing attempts and uh, on Johnson is leading the way over the last couple of weeks uh, he's up to plus 4.3 opportunities per game obviously you'd expect that with the the chains there with CJ Anderson getting released Ronald Jones is somebody who's really been taking big chunks over the 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 last couple of weeks starting with a very low uh, percentage in terms of nine percent then 11 percent then 13.3 percent so he's tying with carry on at that 4.3 for net has continued to get a heavy workload uh the highest in terms of overall uh, percentage and and this here kind of sample um and that is 23.8 percent this past week david montgomery jumping up i know i mentioned a few weeks ago sean david montgomery versus miles sanders I was kind of on the the Montgomery side, and you were on the Sanders side, and it's it's very it's it's um it's not it's not an opportunity to to pick. I, I I've actually been very concerned about David Montgomery's performance just since I mentioned that, so that's something to watch over the current weeks. Devontae Freeman in there getting the opportunity, not getting any of the production, so it's hard to hard to have confidence there. Jordan Howard was the big surprise against the Packers this past week. He's up to twelve point three percent. It's kind of going to be a split backfield there the rest of the way. Mixon continues to get more work for the Bengals. David Johnson continues to get his work for the the Cardinals and James Connors the other one but I think the big talking points here uh Sean are probably carry on Johnson and I know we're going to hit on um a situation with uh, Ronald Jones in overtime so carry on Johnson probably the the key to highlight here is there any other ones that, that you're interested in highlighting or do you, you want to take the floor with carry on
1: yeah carry on starting to get those rushing opportunities looks quick looks explosive gets to the hole gets through the hole and If they would just put him in some better... Situations. He looks like he's about to to break to that star level um, that, that we've seen Dalvin Cook get to, that we've seen Chubb get to. Carry on, you know, could be the next guy. We promoted him all off season, so we're obviously really hoping. I have to put one more little plug in here for Ryan. He's been doing a fantastic job. He had those two monster series during the off season, really explaining the entire running back position to you. A long series going through how the running back position has evolved with the changes. NFL offenses and then another series explaining to you what game script really does there are a lot of myths out there about how game script affects certain types of running backs Uh, he exploded all those and really helped you pick the guys who were going to give you as much upside opportunity limit your downside risk and that's the way to put together fantasy teams so he's continued that through the season he does the jump cut on Monday the market share report on Tuesday then go into the zero running back watch list I mean he's got you covered on running backs from every angle and, and this article is a great example he talks about here how carry on johnson through his rookie season in the first two weeks of the season had never eclipsed 12 expected points in the rushing game right so as a as a runner he hadn't hit 12 expected points once over the last two weeks and again you mentioned the cj anderson release he's gone over 17 that puts him into a very different category in terms of what his volume upside uh, offers him there now he's still being held down because he's not reaching that expect that expected scoring his week three was especially bad but then looked a little bit better against the Chiefs the other I think below the radar development here is that the Lions are opening things up a little bit we talked about how Mariota was one of the top six guys in fantasy points over expectation as a passer Matthew Stafford actually above him now and certainly playing the Chiefs is probably a plus matchup but at least It lets you go out there and attack. But he's looking very good, getting the ball to Kenny Galladay, looking very good, uh, getting the ball, you know, with his shots to Marvin Jones. Jones is a a peripheral player who's going to be that kind of vertical threat who may be there, may not. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how the injury, if it lingers uh, for Hawkinson, affects them because the rookie tight end just looked like an absolute superstar in the making. But if they can get some passing in this offense, and certainly if they can throw the ball to him a little bit more, His expected points are actually down by two and a half since his rookie season in the passing game. We know the passing game is so crucial. He's outperformed expectation better this season, but that covers up the fact that the volume hasn't exactly been there. If they can get him more involved as a receiver, he should maybe not reach that Barkley McCaffrey Camara level, but hopefully get into that tier right below that
3: yeah i agree with you there and, and looking at uh the situation you mentioned the lions and kenny gold did have a, a quite a nice game as well five for 67 and two touchdowns and i i thought um you know he could have had more in this game but you know Galladay i think is somebody who will continue to to develop and, and continue to impress me as he moves forward here i just thought when you were talking about the game and i went in to look at you know some of the numbers that the Galladay fumble at the goal line for the return for the touchdown was uh pretty heartbreaking for those lions fans out there uh, a really uh, tough game. You know, we talked, uh, there was a lot of hype about um, have, having the Chiefs in the Dome with Patrick Mahomes and it really didn't really work out all that well for him. Still had over 300 yards but uh, no passing touchdowns on the day. Um, so we'll see We'll see how he gets going this week. Uh, of, uh, I would expect those numbers uh, to continue in terms of the touchdowns to, to pick up this coming week. But the interesting one that I want to hit on as well uh, Sean is David Montgomery touching him more so for the way that this team is set up. I think it's going to be a case of when this team has the lead, it's going to be good for David Montgomery. When this team is behind, it's going to be good for Tyree Cohen. And I think it's going to be a, a share where it splits that way. I don't know if that's what you think as well, but you know, every single week his snap share has gone up and his opportunities. I've gone up well I said at week three actually sorry his opportunities dropped down by five but they they rebounded this past week so uh the quarterback situation there might actually not be the worst thing in terms of uh the the chains there with the injury at quarterback but what's your thoughts on David Montgomery moving forward do you think he continues to have this opportunity game flow independent or do you think as I mentioned there it depends on if they can have the lead uh that that suits better for his his opportunities
1: if you're a Montgomery owner, you, you really want him to be involved in in all game scripts. And it just it kills your chances if you end up being that kill the clock or that running back with the lead. I think the overall trend is positive. You mentioned the snap share and the opportunities going up. The concern is that the head coach seems to see a little bit of the red flags that we raised in the offseason season and raise them within the context not of, you know, Montgomery's going to be bad, but simply these are things to watch out for that his running back prospect lab score was not particularly good right because his athletic numbers are not particularly good and some of the things with the broken tackle numbers are really not nearly as important as simply, you know, if you can translate them into yards and he struggled with his efficiency at Iowa state. Well, that was blamed on the offensive line, but he is again struggling with his efficiency in the NFL as Ryan notes in his piece and also notes that in terms of trying to translate those broken tackles into yards, he's struggling with that, but he's also not facing the kinds of men in the box that you might think uh, certainly when you watch him, he's you know all arms and legs thrashing about looks very much like a a Marshawn Lynch, this kind of guy who uh, just will not go down. And Lynch struggled for multiple seasons before you know he got that situation with Russell Wilson where he became a star in the second half. Certainly with Montgomery, you're hoping that's not the case. He was being billed as this Kareem Hunt kind of player. That was never fair. At the same time, the Bears' offense is simply not going to provide those opportunities that Hunt got in Kansas City. The biggest issue is that Cohen just simply continues to be involved in all facets. And even though he's struggling as a runner and as struggling actually as a receiver, his usage in both leading and trailing game scripts is fairly similar. So that's something that also I think we're concerned about. If we were looking at it, of okay, the Bears are going to take these leads, their defense is going to dominate, and that Montgomery is going to have huge touch lows in favorable situations. You know, that, that hasn't exactly been the case so far. Certainly Montgomery fans, I think, can take a lot of solace in the direction that this is going. But we're still in the situation where I think both the Montgomery enthusiasts and the Montgomery skeptics are seeing everything that they expected to see so far we definitely don't have any answers to this point
3: yeah no i, I agree 100 and I, I do think i left the floor open to see see what the options are. i do think and, and this is something that's hinted in the piece as well i think it's an opportunity to sell now based on what we've seen i think it's kind of confirmed what we might have thought in, in the preseason, and I, I do think there's a window there to Try and move on because the, the the concern really is based on how how he's been used and in and the, in the both in the passing game and then how his workload's been divided up with Tariq Cohen. I think uh, it could be difficult for long term success. So I think uh, if we see these positive games, it, it might be time to to move along. There's not going to be much more of a positive matchup than they had against the Vikings this past week. Um, you know, so I, I think we're going to have a situation where in a couple of weeks' time, if they fall behind in a couple of games, we we could see that value start to drop very very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so sean in overtime now i want to mention about the tampa bay buccaneers i guess we could say what the buck uh, in terms of uh, the buccaneers performance over the last couple of weeks and the wide receivers have just been feasting on those fantasy points there's been the reports over the last uh, week or so as well well since sunday actually um that uh, the first two weeks of the season that mike evans was suffering from some uh, stomach illnesses that may have affected his performance but a big bounce back in uh, week three and a, a very good performance again in week four although not as good as Mr. Godwin's, but the big talking point as well was Ronald Jones, who has continued each and every week to look a little bit better. And we talked about him in the offseason as a possible, you know, in terms of a buy low candidate, a super buy low candidate. And I hope you did go out and get him because things look like they might just be about to take off for Jones, who has looked a lot, lot better over the last kind of two to three weeks. The other person, obviously, Jameis Winston, looking looking like he's he's doing better as well, but did throw a pick six again this past week. So that's always in the the locker with, with Winston, but. You know, it's a it's a fantasy relevant offense. Unfortunately for OJ Howard owners, he's not part of that plan at the current moment. But Jones, Goodwin, Winston, uh, and then of course uh, Evans. I think it's uh, wheels up to to roll with them the rest of the way. But what's your thoughts on Jones? How, how big could the rest of the season become for him at the the running back position?
1: I, I can't answer this in a way that's really fair to the listeners because i am on the record as as such a big jones fan he obviously was our number one gutsy pick our our courageous pick in the zero running back candidates list and it's it's been it's been a bumpy ride so far right because that first week you were looking to see well how's he going to look when the actual games start he had a a lot of puff pieces in the offseason and then just a couple of bad performances in the preseason and his ADP just went back through the floor. And, and so he was so inexpensive that I own him in, in all leagues, right? Because how could you not at where he was going? And so when you own a hundred percent, then you you can't look at this rationally, Um uh, Ben Gretsch and I own a main event team together. Ben was on the pod a couple months back, and, and we went through a wide variety of things. We, we own both Jones and Evans, and so this direction very exciting for us. We hope that it continues. Uh, Ryan points out in his article this move from week one to week two to week three, and it was really that week two where Barber played okay, scored the touchdown and Jones had the little ankle tweak that, you know, (laughs) crushed his numbers and made it look like, okay, everything is happening again. And that's been frustrating for owners because if you had him on the bench in week one and then you put him into the lineup in week two, he doesn't score any points for you. Then he's back on the bench in week three. You don't know if that means anything. So, you know, it's only desperation if he's in your lineup in week four right now is when he has to start to play for it to matter to fantasy owners. And the fact that his, rushing expected points numbers have gone up he's averaging almost four more per game than barber over the last two after he obviously trailed by more than five in the first two and then his performance above expectation has has really jumped to where he's outperformed barber by four and a half points in that category as well you have to remember that this is a guy who was picked right there with nick chubb and carry on johnson the bucks want him to be that for them and it's it's certainly exaggeration hyperbole to compare him to Jamal Charles but that was probably the best case scenario in terms of the player comps that he had coming out of college. He's this guy who at USC was was unstoppable, was a big play waiting to happen. You got highlights every week. And with his athleticism, his ability to get through those holes and the fact that if you're playing the Buccaneers, right, you Are focused on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and you're praying you can stop them you're not going to be doing a lot at least in the short term to to worry about Ronald Jones after you've seen what the Bucks have done in their running game what he was as a rookie this has huge blow up potential in the positive but there's obviously still a little bit of meltdown potential when you look at what the Bucks have done in their running game. It only takes that one you know, minor injury. You don't even need a real injury in this situation, as we saw in Week 2. When you've got this committee, uh, it doesn't take much of anything for Jones to get back on the sideline for a big chunk of the game. And then you're looking at one of those two- or three-point games again here. So I'm optimistic, but you know, you certainly want to have a restrained view of of what the downside could be still here over the next month
3: yeah i agree but it it could be exciting here for uh particularly those zero rb guys that uh, picked up ronald jones uh in the off season, and i have him in quite a few dynasty rosters so helping out those those teams that need those rb uh attempts and those rb catches so looking forward to seeing his production over the next couple of weeks uh, just as we finish up sean i just see that uh, it's come across here uh, an update on my on my phone that says that john ross uh, off the Bengals that injury sustained on monday night football he's been placed on injured reserve so he's out for a minimum of eight games so that obviously is going to affect things with the Bengals but uh, we'll see we'll see how quickly they can get AJ Green back as well it could be could be a lot of uh, work coming up here for Tyler Boyd over the next couple of weeks but that's really going to do it for today's show as we get ready to wrap up. Um, it's, been, it's been a fun one, we've covered a lot of different topics. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. As I mentioned last week uh, on the show, we've uh, hooked up with Blue Wire uh, as our new podcast partner. All the shows going through their feeds. We do have all the, the main feed and everything up and running now. Uh, everything should be coming true to your podcast players smoothly. Uh, make sure you're subscribed as well to those individual feeds. And I mentioned Patreon as well. Another great way to support the podcast. And with that, as I mentioned, it's going to wrap us up for the week five edition of the RotoViz Overtime podcast. Uh, hopefully, you have enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on all the different platforms that it is available. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Overtime Ireland. My colleague here, as always, is Mr. Sean Siegel. Um, and make sure you're checking out all the great pieces up on rotoviz.com. But until we're back next week with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rodoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Roto-Biz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rodovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Biz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Roto-Biz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?